You're listening to NapaBroadcasting.com. Thanks for joining us on NapaBroadcasting.com. For many years, the Napa County Board of Supervisors didn't have a lot of turnover. Even today, Supervisors Diane Dillon and Brad WagonConnect and Mark Luce have been there a long, long time. But things are beginning to change. New blood and youthful energy is being added to the board at a time when Napa County is facing some really critical issues. Alfredo Pedroza and Bilia Ramos are two of the most recent examples of that youthful energy. Now our guest today, Ryan Gregory, has thrown his hat in an already crowded field in the race for Mark Luce's long-held second district supervisorial seat. It is my pleasure to have Ryan Gregory with us today. Ryan, thanks so much for coming in. Glad to be here. Great to have you here. First of all, tell us a little bit about your background, how long you've been here in Napa, what you've been doing, etc. Well, born and raised in Napa. In fact, born and raised in District 2. My folks still live where we grew up, over by Vintage High School, which is on the very east edge of District 2. Um, let's see, uh, went to Vintage High, graduated, went off to college at Cal Poly, San Luis Obispo, and came back, uh, came back in the mid-90s. And uh, since then, I've been working for my engineering firm, Formerly called Riker Spence and Associates, but now it's, now we rebranded RSA Plus. And in 06, me and a few partners bought that company from Peter Rikers and Alan Spence. So professionally, that's what I've been doing for a little while. I'm raising my two little girls, 13 and 15, and now they're going through Vintage High, Redwood Middle and Vintage High, and they're uh, it's just a full circle because now their teachers and the administrators are folks I went to school with. So it's this really fun circle of life thing happening right now. You talk about coming back here after you went away to school. Talk a little bit about that. Did you always know that you were going to come back to Napa, or were you thinking, well, you know, I'm going to get out of here like a lot of kids, and I'm not coming back except on the holidays? Every kid thinks that. That's it? Every kid thinks that, but there's always something that draws folks back, whether it's family or whether it's opportunities that are in Napa that aren't elsewhere. Um, and in fact, you know, that's what happened with me is the the minute uh, Peter Rikers and Alan Spence heard I graduated with an engineering degree, they they sought me out and said, please come back. We'd like you to come work for us. Um, I probably would have wound my way back anyway, but they, they made it real easy. And it just, it just so happens after you do that, this is a heck of a place to be and raise a family. Talk a little bit about that in terms of not just District 2, but, but the county in general and how it stacks up really for young people today. We certainly hear, you know, the demographers tell us that the population of the county is getting older. We see, you know, NVUSD is looking to maybe close or sell some of the elementary school properties. And, I, I, you know, I hear a lot of it here at the college in terms of just the changing demographic and getting a little older, being a little more resort you know, world-class resort-oriented. Talk about it from a family perspective and, and what you see, how you see that inside the county right now. Well, I, as, as a family and having come here and been established now, albeit a while ago, um, we're, we're enjoying the fruit of our labor. We're enjoying the fruit of our industry. Our quality of life here is exceptional. Um, unfortunately, I think folks may be coming back right now with the cost of housing are having a harder time settling and, and uh, will have a harder time, um, you know, uh, forming their roots and stay, you know, getting to stay here like, like we are. Uh, so we got to keep an eye on, on the ability for folks to move back. Um, and in fact, that's, that's on my mind as I run for office for the first time is uh, it won't be long before my kids are off to college through college and I really hope they can come back and live here 
So uh, I, I will work with a sense of urgency to, to do whatever I can in my power to help, help make the cost of housing a little bit better for everybody. Talk about running for office for the first time. I mean, many of the people that run the first time, I mean, you know, they're, you know, they are appointed to the planning commission or they run for some office and then they run for something else and then they, you know, run for the board of supervisors or, or what have you. Talk a little bit about your decision to run for office to begin with and, and, and how that came to be and also to do it by running for immediately for the board of supervisors. It's a good question. Yeah, there's normally a pecking order. There's a line. You just get in line, and then someday maybe right. you can be supervisor, right? I just I don't I don't believe that that's the way it has to happen. Um, uh, you're right. It's my first election ever. I've been appointed to a few things uh, on the government side, but it's my first election, and uh, to me that's a strength. I've done everything else. Um, in terms of the community, and we talked a little bit about my business um, and being a business owner, caring and feeding for my 40-plus uh, employees. Um, let's see, what else have I done? I've been the Napa Chamber of Commerce chair. I've been the president of my Kiwanis Club. I've been uh, the chair of Community Action Napa Valley, which runs the, the community's homeless services and food bank. Um, Leadership Napa Valley, Napa Engineering Society, and Boys and Girls Club of Napa Valley, and I've also been on such government uh, groups as the city joint, county city joint affordable housing task force, the city of Napa housing element update committee for the last, for 07 and in 14, so the last two cycles, the downtown Napa specific plan steering committee, and then I was on NCTPA's Highway 29 Citizens Advisory Committee. So I've been contributing, uh, whether it's through my business associations, my government associations, or just uh, through community service, uh, really forming, a, 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 in my view, a vast network of people that I've been able to bring together the last 20 years to get stuff done. Um, and that's what I'm going to bring to the board. So I think I've been as, as productive as anybody, and I'm bringing all that to the board. And we're going to make all kinds of new connections to solve these really old problems. Of all of the things that you've done, and, and that is indeed a long list, some involving housing, transportation, the business community, I mean, it, it, it touches on a lot, of, a lot of areas. And certainly, as a member of the Board of Supervisors, if, if you were to get elected, you would be involved in, in certainly all of those issues. I mean, all of them touch the board in some way. But of all of those, which are the ones that, that you were the most passionate about? Which was What were the issues that got you the most excited in terms of really plunging in and, and, and really trying to make a difference? Well, uh, yeah, a handful of those. Uh, close to my heart's our housing issue. Um, I've spent my career uh, for the last almost 20 years actually building housing projects. And uh, we're talking about market rate just straight single-family subdivisions. We're talking about um, uh, rental projects, you know, apartments, and we're talking about uh, affordable housing projects. Uh, and I'm proud to say I've been involved with almost every un new unit that's been built in Napa for the last 20 years. Um, and I've seen the challenges to building projects. So everybody, it's, it's rhetoric, right? We need more units. Right. It's, it's a supply problem. I get that. It, it, it's rhetoric, but it's real. We have a supply problem. We need more units, and there's some major forces in the way of building new projects. Um, one, of the, um, one of the recommendations that the city 
County Joint Affordable Housing Task Force was to raise, get to a place where we could raise $5 million a year and build new units on a regular basis. Uh, it's, it's a huge tall order, <laughs> and uh, we're still not sure how we're going to get there. But that's the trick is building new units on a regular basis, and there's so much in the way, um, especially since a lot of the sites left in the city of Napa are infill sites surrounded by neighbors who have a lot to say, right. as they should, about what goes on in their neighborhood. Um, but on the other hand, it, it's got to go there or it risks the Ag Preserve. This is a problem, of course, though, in all nine Bay Area counties. And in fact, I mean, you've seen the presentations, you've seen the numbers. In terms of affordability, Napa is second from the bottom, which makes it the, one of the more affordable places in the Bay Area. <laughs> Yeah, I think we're at what six hundred six hundred six hundred fifty thousand yeah. dollar median. Right. Uh, uh, exactly, <laughs> I suppose that's true. Yeah, we've just got to cut through. We've got to cut through the 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 challenges to get new new housing built. And um, what what that means, how that manifests in in my experience, and what I intend to do with it is, there is a whole lot of local policy we can set that makes it easier. To build units, whether it's using your general plans to, um, to pre-zone properties, or if you spend a little more time in your planning documents, in- informing the public and the, the neighbors about what could happen, um, you're making your life easier down the road. There's also a way to make uh, certain certain projects permitted versus conditionally permitted with design review. Um, so these are the policies I intend to bring forward, kind of reflecting on 20 years of trying to build these darn things. Mm-hmm. Um, let's let's focus on making making it easier to build, but also respecting the neighbors who have a lot a lot to to say about it. Within the context of the county, how does that butt up against ag preserve issues and 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 issues there? I mean, that you were talking in the city, but what about in the broader county picture? Well, I, you know, I think I think development of infill housing in the cities. Of Napa, American Canyon, and, and of course the other cities, but the bulk of it happens in Napa and American Canyon, is as important to the Act Preserve as, as anything else. Um, we've got to maximize the the development potential of remaining land in the rural urban limit line, um, so that we don't have to talk about any changes to the Act Preserve to accommodate future growth. Um, we can't leave density on the table. We've got to maximize density, but again, also respect the. The, the boundaries of that project and uh, do our best to to um, do you blend with the neighborhood and, and be a part of the neighborhood. One of the issues that, that comes up over and over again, it's certainly a huge issue in St. Helena, for example, but it's an issue everywhere and it's becoming a bigger issue everywhere, is the whole issue of, of and, and staying on the subject of housing, of second homes. And we're seeing more and more and more of that. And there's not anything really that can be done about it, but it is something worthy of, of discussion and consideration. Talk a little bit about your thoughts on, in that regard. Yeah, a big issue, and, and follow what's happening in San Francisco. Some major political warfare happening there over Airbnb. Um, it, it's a real problem, and it wouldn't take long for it to become a real problem here. Um, the difference here is, though, and, and this is different than San Francisco in, in one respect, certainly as it relates to San, to San Helena and what we're seeing in Calistoga, and even in Napa to some extent, is that the people that are moving into second homes here just want them. I mean, they're here on weekends or they're here yeah. once a month. They're not renting them out. They're not airbnb them or, you know, VRBOing yeah. them. They just are going to have, and they sit empty most of the time. Yeah, I, I, I don't I don't know what you can do about second homes. There's a, not a lot you can regulate 
over it, but I do think we got to keep an eye on vacation rentals and taking house sto- housing stock off the market through Airbnb and, and illegal vacation rentals. Um, and on that note, I think uh, enforcement will will pay for itself. So we, we've got to be diligent in uh, preserving our housing stock because, like I said, there's not a lot of it left. And do you think that the county should be more involved in that too, in terms of monitoring, in terms of enforcing? Yeah, vacation rentals are illegal in the county, uh, and they're illegal in the cities. Um, and if they're illegal, I think that they should be uh, regulated and, and enforced. And um, the city's currently going through that. They, they're changing their vacation rental ordinance to uh, essentially beef up the enforcement part of it so they can fund a couple more employees to do that part of it, which will pay for itself. A lot of what you're involved in, in terms of both the business community in terms of of your work really does touch on some of the areas we've been talking about in terms of housing and certainly transportation is is a big part of that and the work that you've done touches on all of those things talk a little bit about the wine industry and agriculture and how you see that in the context of all of the issues and soul searching and hand wringing and pain <laughs> that's going on in the county right now well, I so let me say I I to start I I I believe in the deal struck back in 1968 when the Ag Preserve was put in place, and it was a deal between preserving uh, the county for agriculture and limiting development to the cities. So I believe strongly in that pact, so to speak. Um, what's happened over the years is a strong Ag Preserve requires strong wineries to be able to. Uh, Get, be maintained. Strong wineries these days need direct consumer activity and, and visitation to be successful. And then all that needs new hotel rooms and housing in the, in the cities. So everything supports each other. And we've got this very, very sort of delicate balance between all that that needs to be struck. So that's the conversation right now is how, where's that balance? And you talk to anybody in person, and they have a different idea of where that balance should be. But um, it's maintaining that balance and, and making sure we all keep in mind or remember the pact struck back in '68. Um, and it's it's interesting when you talk with folks from all the different groups. Is there's a fundamental understanding of some of that stuff? So I think our roots are great, and I think the fundamentals are there, so we can actually have a good conversation with folks about this idea of balance, because I think a lot of people agree on certain fundamentals. There is, though, all of this pushback. I mean, we all see, I mean, what, what the APAC committee was taking a look at, this pushback to wineries, winery development, and, and more specifically to visitation and events and, and all the things that go along with it. Talk a little bit about, you know, what you've been thinking about in that regard. Well, I think we have, we have uh, what, in my view, what, what should be valued is, uh, what should be uh, seen as valued businesses out in the county uh, asking for help. We've got our winery businesses who are saying, hey, our business models changed dramatically. Um, and uh, we, it's not the way it was 20 years ago. We need more visitors now to succeed. And I think of, um, and I've, I've, to a few people recently, I've likened this to when I was in the downtown uh, specific plan mm-hmm. committee. We had retailers downtown who were begging for the streets to be changed back to two-way. I can't tell you why, but it was really important. <laughs> I can't tell you it why. It was really important to retailers um, who said that it's, it, 
that, that cars can travel both directions down the street and see them twice uh, was important to them. So whether you agree with that was important or not, or whether you agree with the converting the streets, I, it, it's, it's a little confusing down there right now because they just changed third and fourth. But um, we, had a, we had businesses who were, who were asking for help through that specific plan process, and we said, all right, let's do it. Now is the time. Let's change the streets back. It had been talked about for a long time. So we heard businesses needed help. We said, you're a valued business, so we're going we're gonna to do this for you. So that's where our businesses are out in the county. They're saying, hey, our business model's changed. Things aren't done the way it, it used to be. So uh, let's, let's think of new policies and let's adjust. And, uh, and so I think we're seeing that, that, that some adjustments needed. It's causing tension and it's causing certain, certain things to be reconsidered. But um, I, I think we've got a, um, an industry out there we've got to protect. Mm-hmm. To what extent do you think, and this is your first time running for office, and these are, you know, these offices, city offices, county offices, are always, everyone says that in theory they're nonpartisan offices. And oftentimes they get enmeshed in, you know, are you a Republican, Democrat? I mean, it's like that shouldn't even be an issue in some of these local races. Talk a little bit about your thoughts in that regard. It, 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 it's interesting. As, as I walk, I've started walking the, the precincts as I'm knocking on doors. The bulk of the voters live in the city of Napa. Right. And, uh, you know, a lot of them so far have said, hey, I, my side, sidewalk's buckled. Could you fix that? And one might say, well, that's that's a city issue. Whoa, that's the problem. It's not a city issue. I am your district. I'm your district two supervisor. Um, I uh, I know the public works director, Jack LaRochelle. I'm going to call him for you and let him know mm-hmm. that I heard from you and uh, see where you are on the list of streets to be fixed, and, and I'll let you know. So that's been my approach. So it's it's just such an interesting. Um, relationship with the voters who bulk of which are in the city of Napa and who have a different set of concerns and you know not a lot of them are paying attention to the the county politics so um, I think where I'm connecting most with the city folks are um, areas where they see the the city and county not working together um, whether it's be whether it be truck trucked water you know the water issue mm-hmm. right now really we, we, we've got to figure out how together how to deal with the water problem um, Housing, of course. Um, I'm not sure the city and county work as much as they should on getting units built, like I said before. And then the uh, homeless services downtown, for example. I've got the very southeast corner of District 2 is is abutting mm-hmm. and, and influenced by the downtown homeless situation. So they're, uh, they're talking a lot about that down in that part of the district. Um, and um, I'm telling them, I you know, here's how the city and inter- county interact on this issue, and um, I will be there for you uh, as a supervisor working with closely with the city folks to get this figured out. And I won't give up until we, we do something about it. Um, uh, you know, it's evidenced by uh, I've got one of my early endorsements with Mayor Jill Teckle, mm-hmm. and I've got uh, so far two of the council. So I've got already a majority of the council endorsing me, the other two being Mary Loros and Vice Mayor Scott Sedgley. And uh, that's a testament to their belief, too, that I can work better with them. Talk about what you think some of the problems have been in city-county cooperation. And you come to it with an interesting perspective because with your, you know, engineering hat on, in many of the projects that you're involved in, you're, you, it's a city and county issue, and you have to deal with both. So you, you've got a, an interesting perspective on that. 
Yeah, there's a there's there's a split there, um, and it'd be a history lesson to go back and figure out when that happened, and and it, it's come and gone, right? It's come in waves. I I think you've got a, a, a city really wanting a partner in the county on a, on a handful of things. Um, in my research and due diligence of uh, looking at running, um, I, I can't tell you how many times I've heard and been surprised by the statement, man, I wish we talked to the county about this. I wish they hmm. talked to us. And it's a two-way street. Um, you know, the city could probably be working harder at talking to the county about things that concern them. Um, so, yeah, it's, it's hard to know wh- where and, and why, why that happened, but there's definitely a split. And I, I, I look forward to the day when the county and city work together as a partner. I just imagine what, what could be done um, working together on almost every issue we talk about. Mm-hmm. You know, a big part of the traffic conditions that are a big problem for everybody are in the city of Napa limits. Um, so imagine if we worked with the city really closely on some of those pinch points. Talk a little bit about the parameters of the second district, because I know a lot of our listeners, I mean, this comes up all the time. You know, they think they know where they live. They're not sure. Do I live in his district? I mean, even people that, that might be listening to us. Talk a little bit about that. <laughs> I met with a, uh, <laughs> a, 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 a vintner in the very south end of the district, and uh, I, had to, I had to convince him that he was in District 2. Uh, he, he didn't, he, he didn't know. And he was convinced he was in Brad's district, but, um, I showed him a map and we got there and, and that's, that's the only way I printed a large map and I have it in my office, but this is the only way to understand the district boundaries because they, every so often they take the pub, you know, the population of the County and cut into fifths. Right. And the line does not make any sense. <laughs> But uh, well, Tudor would tell you it makes sense. Yeah, yeah t- Tudor would. He'd, he'd have a rhyme and reason for it. Um, but it goes from the the little bit of an area north of Vintage High. Mm-hmm. Uh, it pops over on the east side of 29 and two places over where I grew up, north of Vintage High, mm-hmm. and then over uh, Old Town, over by Fuller Park. But then the most of it's on the west side of 29 up to the Napa City limit, down to the very north edge of Browns Valley. And then it's all on Mount Veter and, and mm-hmm. then down south. A little bit of Carneros or Tessa Winery, right. uh, De Rosa Preserve, Hudson Farms is sort of the south edge of the district. So it's, it's kind of hard to know unless you see a map. Right. But it, but it's interesting in that it involves a lot of hardcore city areas. But you've also, for a city district, you've got a lot of wine. I mean, you've got Mount Veter, you've got some Carneros, you've got a lot of uh, agriculture and wineries in your district. Yeah, it's interesting. My conversation with voters is, is going to be different than Diane's, for mm-hmm. example, who's who has a, a, a multitude of wineries in her district. Uh, there aren't there aren't a lot of wineries, for example, in District Two. So my constituents, you know, I'm going to hear things more commonly from my constituents that the others might not hear. So it's just a very largely urban urban district. Mm-hmm. Do Do you sense in talking to people that they feel that the city interests have been represented, and this is not about any individual supervisor, but that the board, you know, takes into consideration city interests. You know, that remains to be seen. I'm going to talk with, uh, I've, I've got a lot of knocking to do left, uh, even though we've started. Um, my, my guess is what I'm going to hear is, wait, who's my supervisor? I'm going to hear that a lot. Um and uh, n- nothing against the incumbent or anybody else in these positions, but it's just I don't know that folks understand the role of the supervisor as it relates to 
where they live right here in the city mm-hmm. of Napa. And that's going to be part of my my talk with neighbors is I want to explain that and, and try to tie it back to, well, as a supervisor, if you elect me, what can I do for you? Given that you're running for office for the first time, what's the experience been like so far, and how has it lived up to or been different from your expectations? Well, let's see. It, it's uh, it's it's become and it's becoming more complex than I expected. Um, it's quite a big machine. Our local mm-hmm. our local politics is quite a big machine, and um, uh, I wouldn't say I was naive going in, but um, but thinking that you know, the best guy wins. And, and at the end of the day, the, the best guy or girl will win. But there's a lot to do to get to that point where the voters truly have a choice between two of the best people. Right. More work than you thought? Um, yeah, so far, not. Uh, next year remains to be seen. Right. <laughs> <laughs> and you have a crowded field, and it's, you know, not, it's not closed yet. Nope. Well, I thank you very much for coming in, Ryan Gregory. Thanks a lot. And thank you. I'm sure we'll talk more during uh, campaign season. And thanks for doing what you do. Thank you. NapaBroadcasting.com. Controversy, fun, and conversation. All the things that radio used to be.